Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to this special Vuelta Rest Day edition of the Band of Brothers podcast. I'm Steph, one of the team's press officers, and today we're joined by one of our sports directors here at the race, Jens Zemke. So welcome to the podcast for the very first time, Jens. Yeah, it's my first podcast. <laughs> so thanks for the invitation. Yeah. And as always, we're also joined by my colleague and fellow press officer, Andreas Hartmann. Yeah. Hello again. After one week break, we are back. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Jens Zemke. So let's start with yesterday's stage where Wilko had a nasty crash. How is he doing right now? Yeah, I mean, he has a lot of wounds. I think he, he lost a lot of skin on the asphalt. It was a hard impact because the boys were going pretty fast in this moment, 45 kilometers an hour. And yeah, he said he slipped from the handlebar, maybe he touched a hole during drinking and yeah then he took also Matteo Fabro from us from the bike and yeah the question is now how big is the impact also from the from the motivation and from the mental status yeah because um, I mean the body reacts that is clear yeah for the final week we need every percentage you have to be on 100% but also the morale yeah and if you come here to the Vuelta fighting for a top uh, result and even dreaming from the podium and now you suffer in the last week with all your wounds you have so that's not so easy. But at least from a medical perspective he's good to go um, for tomorrow and for the last week. Yeah we had a, a small ride today to the to the testing center um, of around two hours and after half time he went into the car that the wounds are not getting dirty so he can pedal he yeah he is he is fine but um, i think he will suffer good that we have a rest day today good that the stage tomorrow is not so crucial but uh, then we have still some monster stages to come okay jens and let us know what was the team's general idea and approach from the beginning <coughs> approaching this race what was it like on paper? So we brought a strong climbing squad and we also brought Sam as our sprinter. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, you said it already. So <laughs> we brought four strong climbers and uh, three, you can say, was GC ambitions. So that's um, yeah, a strategy that we had also in the Giro and that, yeah, it, that went perfect. So we throw uh, three strong climbers, three uh, top GC boys in the pot and uh, we are hoping that one is delivering and um, at the moment we are yeah, in, in, in okay a good position but we dreamed for more and on the other side we have a good lead out train with Ryan Mullen, Danny van Poppel, also Jonas Koch for Sam Bennett and he delivered in the first stages perfectly. We were wearing the first week's a green jersey and unfortunately, this competition is becoming a bit boring. Uh, only Mats Pedersen sprinting for the points and uh, Sam Bennett sitting at home and suffer from the COVID, uh, from the COVID case. Yeah. When we look back to the very beginning of the Vuelta, 
Have you been happy with the team time trail in the Netherlands? Yeah, I mean, with a seventh result, it was was a nice opening for us. Um, the boys did super in the technical part um, through Utrecht on the beginning, and then we yeah we knew that we have two strong uh, TT specialists with Wilco and with Ryan, but we also have some uh, skinny climbers with Matteo Fabro, with Sergio Iguida, and we knew that we are not competing against Jumbo Wismar here with, uh, with some really weapons for the time trial. So we could live with this seventh place. It was absolute in the, in the okay zone. And then the next two stages were always celebrating. That was nice. And talking about those two stages, how much did that surprise you, what Sam was able to achieve there? Yeah, I mean, Sam was a couple of years on our team, so we know what he is able to do. And we know what is in, in his legs. And also from the coaching side, his coach, Dan Lorang, mentioned that he is in, in good condition. Um, so all what was in the past, we have to put a line through. And yeah, he was ready to deliver. He has a good circumstances here. He has his team around um, and we have a relaxed atmosphere. We were preparing the sprint stages pretty well. And yeah, we knew that uh, Sam is one of the fastest if he is on his level. And it was super hard for him to come back to this level. Yeah, um, but um, we know that he is able. So nevertheless, it's super hard for him to be out of this welter. I, we, we spoke a couple of minutes ago. So he is back now on the bike. He is back in the gym. And already when I drove him to the hotel, he was asking if he can um, ride the Tour of Britain. But I said, hey, the flight is in two, three days, so there's no chance. Yeah, But he is looking forward for the next races. Regarding Sam, from your perspective, what has changed compared to the last races? He seemed to be the absolutely strongest uh, sprinter here. Yeah, I think we need to give him the trust. Um, and that has not changed. So the trust is always there. Um, sometimes yeah, we have to protect him um, to, for example, not race the tour. I think in this moment he was not on the level, um, but now he was and we knew it before. And um, I think he, he delivered. That's also a question of self-confidence. And like we hoped already in Frankfurt when he won the Frankfurt race, that the self-confidence is there that he could win some more races. Unfortunately, this was not the case, but now it is a case. And I'm pretty sure that he would have given us another stage victory besides the two he had. And looking to the climbers, so we've just talked about Sam and sprinting. Talk us through the first week. What did the climbers do there? Did they live up to expectations? What's your opinion on, on what they did? Yeah, I mean, we came here with uh, Sergio Higuita, who was a clear goal, Vuelta España in this year. And we wanted to try with him for the GC. But after a couple of days, um, we had the first setbacks with him on the beginning due to allergy. And then, yeah, he lost some time in the first mountain stages in, in Basque country. And then he swapped immediately to the role um, to help. And this offers you also chances for the breakaway. So that's we what we are trying now with him. And 
yeah, to Jai, I must not say much. He won the Giro, and yeah, he has also um, the confidence um, that he came here to try it again. But to peak twice on this level, also as a young rider, that's pretty hard. Yeah, everything has to to go absolute perfect, and um, we are still there with him. And I said, even if you achieve a top 10 result, it's an amazing year. When you look to last year, yeah, um, what a big step forward. And yeah, Wilco, he showed it so many times that he is a um, GC contender. So also with him, um, he struggled also in the beginning when he lost on the eighth stage um, already five minutes. So there he was a little bit out of the GC contention, but he brought himself back in. Uh, when he was beaten only by Carapaz on the 11th stage to Estepona. Um, and there he, yeah, he was again sixth in the GC. So we hoped again to have him there. Um, then in the next day he dropped to eight, but with a bad crash from yesterday, um, he is now sitting in 40th position. And there we have really to see how the body acts in the next two, three days, what we can plan with him. After the last uh, rest day, Sam had to leave the Vuelta. How did the team react? And I would imagine it can be hard to motivate the guys after such a setback as a as a DS. Yeah, I mean, um, especially with with Sam. I mean, Danny van Poppel is his lead out man, and he is in this team because he want to play or play this role in the team. Also, Ryan Mullen is Sam's buddy. Yeah. And if the captain is at home, then of course, yeah, then the motivation is a bit down and um, some, some guys are sitting in the bus, not so um, yeah, super happy. And, but I think we made a good turnaround also with Danny to give him the role that he tries his best, whatever comes out. And he delivered on the first sprint, he was doing a second place, which was amazing only beaten by Groves and um, what we saw in the video was that he was doing uh, the fastest sprint. So we gave him in the next sprint um, again this role, um, but there he said the sprint was too hard for him and he could not um, fulfill the expectations what we had yeah, when, when he finished second place. So you talked there about the impact on Sam leaving on the guys in the bus and the morale in the team. Um, we've had a lot of fans of Sam Bennett come up to us as a team, even after he's abandoned, and they sort of want to know, how is he doing on a personal level? How would you say that this affected him personally, and how is he feeling now? Does he still have the motivation? Is that still there? Yeah, I mean, the motivation was already... Yeah, let's, let's start from the beginning. So he had this uh, positive test, then we made directly a PCR test um, yeah, to confirm the result. And he was at the start line or at the start area till half an hour before the time trial when we found out that he is um, positive and the PCR, um, PCR test confirmed the result. And there, yeah, the world broke a bit down. And yeah, he was really upset. Yeah, I mean, it was a it's a grand tour. You win two stages, you are in the green jersey and you are looking forward and you have another four opportunities to sprint. 
and to yeah to switch the engine off and to say yeah we send you directly home that's pretty tough okay but on the way when when i brought him to the hotel um like i said he yeah made already plans what could be his next start so that shows also his big morale and at the moment he tries to not lose any shape so he recovered uh, three four days from the sickness without any big in, uh, symptoms and he is now um, training his muscles in the gym and bit on the roller so i think we will see him this year again with some nice results i'm sure i think the the early victories took some pressure off the team how is it now without sam is there more pressure on the climbers again um, I would not call it pressure. Um, I think it's on our shoulders from sport directors and coaches to motivate the boys to do the right things, to take opportunities. And yeah, yesterday in the bus, uh, I said, boys living the dream. Yeah, I mean, you are professionals, you sit in a court tour and you have the freedom to write for a result. So everybody can go in a breakaway, everybody can show his strengths, everybody can can show amazing things like we saw yesterday from Ahrensmann, like we saw already from Mindje. So um, riders which you don't have on the on your list for a potential winner of stages, they delivered. So um, our boys can do the same. I'm pretty sure for that. Okay, there was also that time when with Danny and Wilco we had two second places in a row, um, and then Wilco also moved up in GC as a result of being in the break on that day. Tell me, at that time, did the team change its plans with respect to GC about which rider to support? Yeah, it's every it's a washing machine here in this world. <laughs> so we had Wilco coming back from, I think, 16th or 14th place back into 6th place in this breakaway um, where he was uh, second in Estepona. Um, he even was um, virtual on the podium. And then he arrived, I think, with eight minutes. So he moved to sixth place. Then, of course, he is our GC man again. Then, okay, with this setback, he is sitting now on 14th. And we have Jai again in uh, with a strong performance. So Jai is in, now in the top 10. Yeah, but um, the question is, is it enough for us to fight for a top 10? Um, I would say that happened in the last years. We were happy with a, a sixth, seventh place, yeah. But um, if you have the smell from a victory, like in the Giro, you want to have more. So um, our goal was to come here to deliver a place around top five. Um, I think it's hard to achieve it, but it's not impossible, especially yeah, with the circumstances with COVID, sometimes rider pulling out. Also the circumstances with Remco, where we don't know, will he survive yeah, in the front? So there are a lot of things possible. And um, we always try to be focused and tell the boys. And um, I told them also in the bus, we are leading in the prize money ranking. So we are not riding bad. Um, there are 22 teams behind us, so they have different problems. Yeah, you've already mentioned that yesterday. Uh, quite a lot went wrong for Wilco and he kind of changed positions in the GC with Chai. Um, so now we have a new situation and tell us some, something about your plan for, for the last week of the Vuelta. 
Yeah, I was sitting now with my colleagues on the swimming pool here <laughs> in the nice uh, city from Jerez. And yeah, we were talking about the final week. Um, normally we planned tomorrow to mix up things in the wind, but there is no wind tomorrow. So um, the chances for a sprint are pretty high. So it could be that, um, that Danny gets another chance. Same as like on the last day in Madrid, there's always a sprint that keeps us to four uh, hard mountain stages. And in these four stages, we have all our climbers, Fabro, Higuita, Kelderman, Hinley. So we will push them, motivate them to mix things up, to go in the breakaway, to show themselves, to improve their GC. And yeah, the nicest thing would be if we get another stage victory with one of them. Now, I wanted to ask you specifically about my fellow countryman, uh, Jai Hindley. So he's riding two Grand Tours uh, this year for the first time. Um, explain to me a couple of things. So can you tell us why, why is this so difficult for a rider to do in the same season? And where do you think he is now compared to where he was earlier in the year at the Giro? Yeah, I would say it's uh, pretty hard to peak uh, two times a year on, on this highest level. Um, we had Jai also in the in the Ardennes Classics in super shape. Then he got sick before the Giro. And in the Giro he was in the last week, he was absolute super. Though everybody who follows followed the Giro saw that. And yeah, after a Giro victory as a young boy, you have so many things coming around here yeah, with media interest, with fans, with celebrations. I mean, he is not the, the person who um, is then not focused anymore, but that all takes also a bit energy if you are not used to it. Um, then you need a good preparation to prepare again for your second highlight. You need some yeah, high altitude camps, you need some races in advance. And yeah, this comes not automatically this shape, you have to build it up, you need experience for that. And yeah, it doesn't come by surprise around. That's a long planning. And I must say, um, he is in a, in a very good shape. But to be honest, he is not or what we saw till now, he is not in this shape to compete against the Roglic, uh, Mars and Evenepoel. Jens, you have already talked uh, about Sergio, our Colombian rocket. He really had a brilliant season so far and uh, the Vuelta was his main goal for the second part of the, of the season. But he couldn't really show his potential so far here. How is he at the moment and what's the plan for him? Yeah, like we said, Vuelta was his big um, goal this year. Um, he suffered on the beginning a bit with allergy and yeah, then he also made it once in a breakaway. He crashed um, in a roundabout, um, but he, he immediately jumped on the bike and made it back to the breakaway. Um, another breakaway he was also in, but um, unfortunately he uh, was not in the decisive ones. So it's here nearly every day, it's a big fight and um, you spend a lot of energy to make it in and not everybody who is trying is also in. But um, we, yeah, we motivate him for the next days. Um, 
Yesterday was one of the days he was really focused and wanted to be in, in the Sierra. I mean, he's from, coming from Colombia and we are riding yesterday seven kilometers above 2000 meter sea level. So it would have been perfect for him. Um, but yeah, then in the race, we decided that he takes care about Wilco and we didn't want to let him alone sitting on eighth position and let him yeah, suffer and dying alone like a dead fish here on the, on the road. Yeah, we know he's a really good climber, but uh, we've also seen some really impressive sprints from him, like in Algarve, for example. Are there any stages left that uh, you would say particularly suit him in this Vuelta? Yeah, we are not counting on the, on the sprint stages for him, if we have done here, but on the climbing stages, the thing is if you sit in a, in a small group, which comes to the mountain top finish of three or five riders, he has such a hard acceleration that he can win against everybody. And that's what we are looking for. Uh, maybe not stage 19 because there it's um, after descent and we expect a, a bigger group there. But on all the mountain arrivals and we still have three left, um, he has absolutely a chance. Yeah. So if you if you want to to have numbers on stage 17 and 18 would be ideal for him. Okay. And finally, in general, what do you expect from the other teams in the last week of the Vuelta? Can Remco control the race? Will there be absolute anarchy? What do you think we can expect from our competitors? Yeah, I asked the same question to my colleagues and we were 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> so two were thinking, yeah, Remco can make it. And two were thinking, oh, that's getting tight for him. Yeah, um, I see him a bit like in a boxing fight. So he has, he has already counted. Yeah, after a crash he had, after two times where he lost now a bit time. So there are some cannibals behind him, um, especially the Spanish uh, quad with Mas, with Ayuso, with Rodriguez, yeah, who wants, wants to be on the podium. And I think we see a very offensive and very attractive final week in the Vuelta. And uh, the outcome is pretty open. Also due to the situation that um, Nearly no team is uh, with a full squad. Um, many teams have lost a couple of riders. We are in the hotel here with uh, Lotto. They lost half a team already. So, yeah, it's a bit strange, Walter. Um, but for the spectators, um, I would like to sit with a coffee ahead of the TV. So let's uh, see what's going to happen in the last week of racing. No doubt it's going to be very exciting. And I hope that our guys can play a big role in there somehow, whatever that might be. So Jens, thanks very much for joining us for your first ever time on the Band of Brothers podcast. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. And Andel, thanks very much as well. Yeah, thank you, Jens and uh, Steph. And all the best for the final week of this last Grand Tour of the year. Okay, thanks. Ciao, ciao. Well, that's it for our Vuelta Rest Day podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and we hope to see you again for the next episode.